Hey everybody, party people, welcome to the first but not the first Spotlight series episode. Today we are going to be focusing on Georgia. Hey babes, what's up Georgia? You are a super important race in the 2022 midterms, so let's uh, let's kind of get into it. We're going to be covering your guys' governor. Ooh la. Um, so here we go. <laughs> episode before this, which is going to be focusing on Alaska's Senate race for the 2022 midterms. This is what I meant when I said, you know, you guys are the first episode, but in that episode, I promised they'd be the first, but no. <laughs> I love you, Alaska. You hold a very special place in my heart, but I got a lot of editing to do with that one. So like I said in the beginning, this episode will be focusing on Georgia's governor race. Very 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 important race so we're gonna we're gonna get through it you guys this is a lot of information but like i keep saying georgia you are extremely important in this midterms you will actually be featured in three spotlight states you're gonna get your own governor you're gonna get your own senate and then you will be combined with the other important house races going on in the 2022 midterms because you got all three babes you got all three so like I said, probably a few times, I can't even remember, we're going to start with the governor race. Very, very, very important one. So let's just dive right in. The governor race for Georgia will be between two candidates. That will be Stacey mother freaking Abrams, my literal goddess sent down from the heavens to save us all. And then Brian Kemp. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. So Stacey Abrams, a Democrat, is taking on regressive Republican incumbent Brian Kemp. Remember, incumbent means that this person is currently holding the position that they are running for in the 2022 midterms. So a little background on the candidates. We're going to start with our babe, a babe, you guys, Stacey Abrams. Like I said, an angel sent down to save us all. So that's that that's that so she is our sagittarius queen and as a child stacy abrams working class parents taught their six children that no matter how much they struggled someone always had less abrams grew up with the value of service to others and let me tell you she has implemented that value in her daily life stacy abrams has worked excruciatingly hard and has dedicated her life to helping every Georgian achieve economical, educational, environmental, and voting equality. She single-handedly made history by turning Georgia blue in the 2020 and 2021 midterms <laughs> or elections. All credit goes to her. She is an absolute godsend and a total badass. Not to mention she is a literal ray of sunshine. Just look up a picture of her smiling and it's going to make you smile ear to ear because she is a ray of sunshine. Like I said, she is literally what happiness looks like in a person. So <laughs> in her achievement section on her website, she describes what she has done to help Georgians in between her campaign for governor in 2018 where she lost to the current incumbent Brian Kemp. 
till her current 22 campaign for governor. A list of 18 insane notes describes how she fought tooth and nail for all Georgians, whether it be raising money for 100,000 families in need, paying off 68,000 Georgians' medical debt, installing 100-plus wireless internet stations for underconnected communities, fighting for Georgians' right to vote, right to choose, and for employees who are being taken advantage of by their employers, and so much more. This woman is amazing. After the 18 notes of her insane contributions to make governor a better place for all Georgians, did I say governor? <laughs> to make Georgia a better place for everyone living there. Abrams <laughs> ends her list saying she has re-watched every episode from the Star Trek franchise and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I'm sorry, how can you not love her? She is incredible. She did all of that and still had time to binge some good shows. So like, go off Stacey Abrams. I love her. <sighs> We're gonna take it down a notch now. We're gonna be talking about our shit-stained Scorpio, Brian Kemp. As you can see, I am super unbiased. <laughs> Kidding, but I don't call someone a shit stain unless they absolutely deserve it. And after spending an unfortunate number of hours researching this asswipe, he has earned those titles, let me tell ya. As a self-made businessman, Brian Kemp prides himself on his conservative platform that helps businesses within Georgia. Kemp brags about how in 2018, he was elected governor with more votes than any governor candidate in the state's history with a whopping 1.9 million plus votes. What he doesn't mention though is Abrams also received 1.9 million plus votes. He really only won with 50,000 votes over Abram. Not a lot in the grand scheme of things. While he might have received the most votes, it wasn't like he won in a massive landslide like he's trying to put out there. So don't be giving yourself too much credit, Kemp, come on. <laughs> Brian ran for governor on a conservative plan that promised economic growth to reform the state's government, strengthen rural communities, lower healthcare costs, and protect Georgians' families from violence. Has he done that? Hmm. Hmm, <laughs> mostly no, and for the one yes, it is not a positive thing. <laughs> so let's kind of get into the differences of their beliefs. The following information is taken from Stacey Abrams' policy comparison chart found on her incredibly extensive website. And I know what you're thinking, and I am thinking it too, it's a bad move on my part to use one of the candidate's arguments to prove my point. However, her entire chart is true and fact-checked, not only by her team, but by me. <laughs> Thanks to votesmart.org, I was able to see every bill Kemp has approved and or vetoed in his time as governor and everything Abrams says about Kemp can be backed up by the bills he has passed or cut. We are going to go through some of the main issues and the candidates different approaches for these issues. I will be using quotes from the chart itself as well as mentioning some of the bills I found that support Abrams claims against Kemp. So let's 
start with the overview. All right, let's get into this. I'm shifting, sorry. Stacey Abrams, quote, has a vision for one Georgia where everyone thrives. She'll put money into our childcare and schools, expand Medicaid, invest in affordable housing and small businesses, all with no new taxes. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. If an increase in taxes is your main concern for this election, you don't even have to worry about that with Abrams. Her whole plan is going to happen without raising taxes for any Georgian. So she's a queen. Moving on to Brian Kemp. Kemp, quote, is a far-right extremist who is too dangerous for Georgia. Kemp favors the wealthy few and the ultra-conservatives at the expense of hard-working families. It's a longer quote on her website if you want to go check it out. It's in the show notes, but that's kind of what I wanted to take away from it. So kind of going along with this idea of hard-working families, let's kind of move into both of their ideas and plans and actions for economy and jobs. Stacey Abrams, quote, has a comprehensive plan to put money in Georgians' pockets, create good-paying jobs, and invest in small businesses, expand minority contracting, and help family farms in order to make Georgia the economic engine of the South. In her subsections, jobs and wages, on her economy mobility section, and we will get into kind of what her uh, website outlines, but economic mobility is one of her like main platform issues. And then she has a billion sections underneath those main sections that explain kind of her plans for all of it. So that's what the subsection jobs and wages means. In this section or subsection, Abram talks about her plans to end wage theft and misclassification. So I did some research and apparently Georgia has a massive problem with employers who refuse to to meet their promised obligations, which has cost Georgian families over $300 million. Guess who's been helping them out with that? But we'll get there. Abram plans to hold these employers uh, accountable for exploiting their employees. Many employers classify their employees as independent contractors so they can avoid paying employment taxes and fair wages. Super sneaky, so sneaky, I hate it. Her main goal with all of this is to protect workers. Along with what I just said, she plans to secure legislation that covers paid sick leave, the expansion of unemployment infrastructure, and would repeal the preemptive laws that prevent local communities from taking actions to support their workers. All around, this woman is for the working class. She's for the people who aren't the rich white males. She is a queen. Brian Kemp with Economy and Jobs, quote, under Kemp, rent is sky high, foreclosures are rising, healthcare costs have destabled our economy, the middle class is getting squeezed, and he'd rather help the wealthy instead of working families. Because of low wages that he promotes, too many are working two or three jobs to make ends meet. Georgia needs relief and he refuses to help. Contrary to Abram's plan to hold businesses accountable and pay their workers a decent, livable wage, Kemp's goal is to keep the wealthy business owners afloat, disregarding workers' rights entirely. How do I know this? Well, through my little stalkery-stalky research on votesmart.org, I found a bill that's number SB331, which was signed by Kemp, that limits labor regulation by local governments. 
Unlike Stacey Abrams' goal to regulate employers to make sure they aren't taking advantage of their employees and, you know, they're paying them a livable wage, Kemp signed legislation that makes sure businesses and corporations benefit while everyone else suffers. Not really the kind of person you want in office. And as I was going through his campaign website, it really was evident because he kept bragging about how Georgia's like the number one place in America to start a business. And then you look at kind of why that is, and it's because there's no regulations to pay people a fair, livable wage. So I wouldn't be bragging about that, Kemp. Just saying. Moving on to voting rights. As we covered, Stacey Abrams is, quote, a voting rights champion who will prioritize access to the ballot for every voter to protect democracy and effective government. She will fight back against unfair voting practices and ensure that every eligible voter can register to vote, cast a ballot, and have that ballot counted without undue burden. This is what I meant when I said the yes for Kemp keeping his campaign promise is a bad thing. The only campaign promise he's followed through on is the reform of state government. But his reform of state government is creating more freedom for government overreach, especially when it comes to voting. Bryant Kemp, quote, is the national architect of modern day voter suppression. He has purged hundreds of thousands of voters from the rolls and changed voters laws in Georgia to make it harder for all voters, especially voters of color, senior citizens, and the disabled to cast a ballot. So that is what Stacey Abrams' comparison chart says. And through my research, I saw that Kemp refused to participate in Trump's election fraud scheme. And this absolutely threw me for a loop, especially when Stacey Abrams' comparison page claims that he's one of the nation's leaders for implementing more voting restrictions. However, <laughs> <laughs> going through his votes on the legislation he has passed or vetoed while he's been in position of governor, I found bill number SB202, which amends Georgia's election laws. And once again, I can safely say that Stacey Abrams' claim that he is the national architect of modern-day voter suppression is 100% true. SB202 really targets absentee ballots, aka ballots coming from citizens or military members who are overseas. Originally, absentees had 180 days to cast their vote, but with this new legislation, SB202, which was signed by Kemp, absentees now only have 78 days to cast their vote. Not only that, but the ballot needs to be received 11 days before the election, and the board of registrars or absentee ballot clerks must mail the mail-in tea ballots, and this is absolutely hilarious, no more than 29 days, but no less than 25. Absentee ballots have to be mailed overseas. This takes time. And then when they get there, they have to go through even more shit that has time restrictions. Like no more than 29 days, but no less than 25. That is absolutely a way to make voting harder and not count votes, I'm just saying. Not only that, but SB202 requires superintendents of precincts with more than 2,000 voters who waited more than an hour on election day to file a report. Either the precinct needs to reduce in size or hire more, more poll members and voting equipment to speed up the process. This is a very clever way of gerrymandering, um, which is like, he's gonna change the precinct sizes based on this ridiculous law. What's ironic is that the bill 
bill prohibits individuals who are waiting to cast their vote on election day from getting any food, drink, or money within 150 feet of the building. I understand the money. I do get that. You don't want people being bribed, so they will vote for whoever that person's bribing them to vote for, but no food and drink? Really? What's the point of that? I'll tell you what the point of that is. It's a clever way of making voting more strenuous and a pain. Just saying. And the kicker of them all, absentees are now required to write their Georgia driver's license number slash state ID number on the outside of their ballots. If they don't have those, like if they don't have a Georgia driver's license or a state ID number, they have to write their social security number on the outside of the ballot, which is mailed and seen by so many people. That is so unsafe and just pointless. That's absolutely a way for people to not want to vote because I wouldn't want my social security number out there for everyone to see. It is absolutely a way to alienate more people's votes. So moving on to healthcare. Stacey Abrams, quote, plans to expand Medicaid to lower healthcare costs for all, provide half a million Georgians with insurance and stop hospital closures. This will bring our tax dollars back home that we've already paid in, create over 64,000 jobs and revitalize rural, rural, I hate that word, and struggling communities. Under Kemp, this is, again, quote, under Kemp, Georgia has lost six hospitals. Remember, Kemp has only been governor for four years. That's more than one hospital a year. My words, not Stacy's, but continuing with Stacy's. Quote, doctors and nurses are leaving the state and we are at or near the bottom of nearly every major healthcare measure. He has refused to accept more than $10 billion to help save lives, stop material and infant deaths, and help working people finally get the access to mental health care. Keeping on the healthcare theme, let's talk a little bit more about Medicaid. Stacey Abrams, quote, will ensure Georgians have access to reliable healthcare from qualified providers by expanding Medicaid to over 500,000 Georgians. She will address healthcare worker shortages, lower healthcare costs, and save hospitals from closing across the state. Brian Kemp, quote, leaves billions in federal funds on the table by refusing to expand Medicaid, denying access to affordable health care for over 500,000 plus Georgians and letting Georgians' federal tax dollars go to waste. He spent $31 million to shut down access to healthcare.gov for 700,000 Georgians and allowed the closure of six hospitals across the state. So a big regressive ideology is that healthcare costs so much for the taxpayer and the government. However, Kemp spent $31 million to take away healthcare, which in essentially leaves a ton of federal tax, like um, Stacey Abrams said, a ton of federal tax that Georgians have to pay, it leaves, like, what do they get out of that? They get nothing. And then you use even more money to close and like take away healthcare. I, how does that make any sense? What is the purpose? He does not give a fuck about people's lives. And I did want to mention that when Stacey Abrams uh, claimed Brian Kemp, you know, where that Georgia is near the bottom of every major healthcare measure. I did look this up and Georgia ranks 46 out of 50 states in healthcare. So she is not wrong about that. 
Moving kind of on to some more health stuff, maternal mortality. Abrams quote will support safe pregnancies, invest in maternal health care, fund rural hospitals, and recruit and retain physicians statewide, especially in underserved areas and the 82 counties that have no OBGYN. Yikes, you guys. Quote, under Kemp, Georgia ranks first in the nation in black maternity mortality. He supported budget cuts that stripped medical Medicaid coverage from 9,000 pregnant women and passed a law threatening doctors with jail. That's the heartbeat bill, which we will probably talk about in a bit, but it's very pro-life of you that you care so much about that fetus, Kemp, that you'll strip coverage from women who are pregnant with that fetus. That makes so much sense in the world. Those are my words, not Stacey's. If anything sounds sarcastic, it's me. <laughs> this isn't on the list, but I think that's a great segue to her last issue on the comparison chart. Let's get into the law that threatens doctors, like I kind of just mentioned. So reproductive freedom. Stacey Abrams, quote, will repeal Brian Kemp's extreme and dangerous six-week abortion ban. She will support access to family planning, protect access to contraceptives, and provide options for safe reproductive health care across the state, including for pregnancy loss. Brian Kemp, quote, signed a dangerous abortion ban that criminalizes abortion care before most women even know they're pregnant and could lead to an investigation of women who suffer from miscarriages and doctors being locked up. He wants to go even, even further and fully ban abortion with no exceptions for rape or incest. Let that sink in. Okay, this is the kind of person we're talking about. He even signaled that he is open to banning forms of contraceptives. He's a fucking nightmare, you guys. Please do not vote for him. The last two points I really want you to keep in mind because they are going to come back at the end of our governor's segment. Uh, housing is our first one. Abrams, quote, will ensure Georgians can access stable, safe, affordable housing by tackling housing affordability, the shrinking inventory of housing, and the displacement of longtime residents due to gentrification and the preventable tragedies of homelessness. Brian Kemp, quote, has failed to effectively deploy $450 million in federal funds to help families facing foreclosures as Georgians struggle to keep a roof over their heads. Evictions continue to rise across the state, leading to skyrocketing homelessness rates. Again, so pro-life of you, Kemp. So pro-life. And finally, let's end on the comparison of education. Stacey Abrams, quote, will invest in quality childcare and early education, raise teacher salaries, and decrease class size. She will ensure all Georgian students can access post-secondary education by funding need-based financial aid, investing in 20,000 apprenticeships or 20k apprenticeships that might be a form of apprenticeships or it's the number she wants to invest in I don't know and providing free technical college without raising taxes and through passing gambling legislation a literal motherfucking queen you guys taxing the rich and not taxing the poor we love her sorry there was a door Brian Kemp, quote, slashed Georgia's education budget by nearly a billion, while state ranks 38th in the nation for pre-student funding. Under Kemp, Georgia is one of only two states without a need-based financial aid program, and countless Georgians are buried under 
thousands in student debt. He opposes forgiving student debt for more than 1.5 million Georgians, but accepted loan forgiveness for his PPP loan. So remember how I said Brian Kemp bragged about how he was a self-made businessman, that kind of conservative pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of dude? Well, after doing some research, I learned a PPP is a part of a federal government's paycheck protection program. He got money. He got a loan from the government to start his business. So not only does this man who claimed to not support any federal funding for anyone starts his business off of government money, but also had it forgiven, a millionaire had his loan forgiven while he claims he doesn't support any loan forgiveness. Do you guys see the problem with these types of people? They are literally rigging the system to work for them. They don't care about anyone, Democrat or Republicans. They do not care, they only care about themselves. Just saying. <laughs> so let's review. Stacey Abrams' platform has 13 policies with their own subsections, kind of what we were talking about earlier. And these subsections focus on her specific goals for each of her 13 policies. Her economic mobility policy includes her plans for economic justice, jobs and wages, small business investment, transportation, and regulation. Her educational mobility policy includes her plans for teachers, early childhood education fund, protect and support students and pathways to career. Her social mobility section includes her plan for seniors, immigration, LGBTQIA plus Georgians, and disability rights. Her housing affordability policy includes her plan for affordability, inventory, and hab habat habatability, habitability. Habit it's like habit, habitability, habitability. <laughs> low-income houses, gentrification, and homelessness. Her healthcare section covers her plans for Medicaid, cost of insulin, high-quality affordable coverage, behavioral health, health equity, reproductive freedoms, healthcare workers, and COVID long-term recovery plan. Her military family and veterans support section covers her plans for traditions from service, veteran work opportunities tax credit, Veteran Higher Education Initiative, Veteran Homelessness, Protect Our Defenders Act, and Military Inclusion. Her rural, I hate that word, revitalization section includes her plans for local solutions, rural infrastructure, communities, Main Street fairness, and agribusiness, so a queen. Her environmental action and resilience section covers her plans to protect South Georgia and the coast, agriculture and natural resources, coordinate a statewide response, health and safety, and jobs and infrastructure. Her safety and justice section covers her plans to address fundamental causes of violence and poverty, gun violence, gun safety, recidivism and reentry, law enforcement and community trust and accountability. Her voting rights policy includes her plans for voter registration, voting, ballots, and stop gerrymandering at state and local levels. Her, her ethics and public integrity section talks about her plan for high ethical standards, our work, harassment, and data and services. Her reproductive freedom and gun safety policies have their own mini section on the main page that covers her main issues. Abrams' 14th section talks about how she plans to fund the 13 policies we just went through. Ready for the icing on the cake? She plans to do all of this without raising taxes. Boom. 
Boom. A quote I wanted to share from her website that I think sums up her goal perfectly. Quote, as governor, I will steer Georgia to becoming a state where everyone can move up and move forward to succeed, not just to survive. This is the kind of person we need in office, you guys. That's my words, not hers. Sorry, I didn't see the end quote. <laughs> this is the kind of person Georgia deserves. So please, when you're voting, Vote smart, okay? Oh my gosh, okay. Now we're gonna get into Brian Kemp. I kinda just wanna get this done, even though my laundry's done, but I just wanna get it done. So after we just went through 13 policies, 14 if you count her planned on how she's gonna fund all the 13 policies, Brian Kemp, are you ready for this? Has two policies <laughs> on his campaign. Inflation relief and K-12 education. That's it. That is literally it. Inflation relief has two subsections, while K-12 education has three. Oh, wow, Brian Kemp, calm down, buddy. Don't go too crazy. <laughs> so in his inflation relief section, his first subsection outlines his... Oh man, I know exactly where this is going. I'm already getting angry. So this first subsection outlines his 1 billion tax rebate that will give each Georgian a whopping, whopping... 250 to $500 back. <laughs> depending, of course, depending on what their household looks like. So 250 goes for people who are living alone, 375 for a single parent who is head of the household, and 500 being, of course, for married couples. Hmm. This is when we have to think critically about how this will be implemented with everything else going on because we have a Supreme Court talking about illegalizing same-sex marriage and we have bills being passed that almost encourage the heterosexual marriage norm. We can see that regressives are really sneakily pushing their discriminatory agenda into all American ways of life, including giving money back. Like, how... I'm, what? How does a single parent get less than a married couple? How is that even fair? Anyways, sorry, there's a door. So his second subsection outlines yet another, another one billion to fund homeowner tax relief. This grant is going to save the average homeowner a massive $500 on their local property tax bill next year. Wow, that's so great, Kemp, with everything getting more expensive. That $500 is so generous, so generous. Of course, that money will be sent to the local governments who will then decide what is a qualified homestead for this $500 to go to. This whole proposal, you guys, is a literal joke. And you wanna know why? Because as good as that sounds to get that amount of money back in the extremely expensive time we're living, Kemp quickly brushes over the fact that both rebates for his inflation relief need to be approved by the General Assembly. The General Assembly is Georgia's state Senate and state House of Representatives in which Republicans have the majority in both. So remember how I said I've gone through the legislation that has been signed or vetoed by Kemp? Well, votesmart.org is incredible, so shout out to them, because it also shows you a bill's vote from the General Assembly. 
If you want to know how the governor and the General Assembly work together to pass legislation, listen to episode 18, Welcome to the Midterm Series. It explains all of it. So I want you to think of that $450 million Ken failed to deploy to solve the housing crisis in Georgia. Pair this with the Republican majority General Assembly and the numerous amount of bills I went through that proves both Kemp and the General Assembly never voted yes on any federal or state aid going to the working class. So if he couldn't deploy 450 million and get the General Assembly to approve that plan, what makes you think the General Assembly and Kemp himself will actually approve this $2 billion tax rebates? I'm sorry, you guys, he won't. And the fact that he... <laughs> All his plans for this inflation relief is subject to the General Assembly. It's not even like a real plan. It's, he's insane. I can't even. And even if they did, both of these proposals are a fucking joke. In today's economy, $500 is spent in a day on groceries for some family. And you're giving more inflation relief, like I said, to a married couple than a single parent. Like, I'm sorry, what? If you're going to force women into having kids with your freaking heartbeat bill, you have to help out. You literally do. There has to be a compromise. But no, it's all about control and it's all about power and it's all about money for you guys. Isn't it fucking Kemp? Stupid dumbass. Oh, I do not like this guy. So moving on to his K-12 education program. Like I said, this includes three subsections, addressing learning loss, educator and school counselor workforce, and enhancing school safety. His plan for addressing learning loss brags about how Georgia was one of the leading states to reopen during COVID and how Kemp did the right thing by getting students back into classrooms because they aren't reading at the same level they were in 2019. Yes, of course, children's education was hindered by COVID. COVID-19. It's not just because schools closed though. What they went through at such a young age was trauma and that's really going to mess some kids up and put them behind. We need to be approaching education with their mental health and those differences in mind. Kemp's plan is basically just shoving education down these kids' throats so they can enter the workforce and contribute to the economy and make him richer. Bold claim, I know. But why do I think this? When I was going through his past slash vetoes on specific legislations, I stumbled upon bill number HB 83. This bill requires recess for students kindergarten through fifth grade. And this motherfucker pocket vetoed it. A pocket veto from the executive branch, aka the governor, basically silently kills the bill without him actually having to voice his vote. So let me get this straight. He's all about how much he's done for schools and then silently vetoes giving kids a 30 minute break outside during the day, like a scientifically proven healthy thing for children, especially those who have already experienced a world lockdown in their early developmental ages. And teachers who spend their day with these kids, ages five to 11, are supposed to keep them in the classroom all day. Like, do you know how fidgety kids are? How is he pro-education? His whole platform is an absolute joke. He just wants to create more machines to run the capitalistic economy that benefits the patriarchy and white supremacy, both of which he loves and benefits from all the damn time. <sighs> 
And I guess, Kemp, another solution to address learning loss is to create more biblical classes while removing subjects that are, quote, divisive relating to race. Because that seems super educational, right? Teaching children the Christian religion while taking slavery out of history books? Yeah, not scary at all. I found that he signed a bill that authorized said biblical classes to be taught in high schools. SB 83 expands elective courses for public high schools on the Christian Bible. Okay, sure. I think spirituality is an amazing thing and children should have the option to explore what they believe. But if you're going to do that for one religion, you gotta do it for all. Otherwise, you're just pushing one religion's agenda into public education. What's ironic is with HB 1084, another bill Brian Kemp signed into law, this bill limited schools on their discussions of, quote, divisive concepts relating to race. So enforcing a religion on someone's kid is okay, but teaching about actual American history is in violation of parents' beliefs and rights? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. The term divisive concepts is extraordinarily vague, and I have to say that's completely intentional. We all know they are talking about the critical race theory and other classes that teach the racist ideals America was built on. Getting rid of that subject and subjects like slavery and classes that call out white privilege is just a way to keep that privilege. Critical race theory is not this whole like scary communism thing we're teaching. It's literally something we need to teach in order to address the racism that exists in our country. You guys, this is scary. This is scary. Just a side note, HB 1084 is also transphobic. It allows schools to separate participation of students based on gender. So there you go. If Kemp is elected for another four years, the Georgian education system is so screwed in so many ways. Kids won't be making up for the education they lost during COVID-19 and will actually lose so much information about how to actually approach the world and other people different from yourself. In his educator and school counselor workforce section, he talks about his plan to increase funds and professionals in school. As we saw from the section above, he doesn't actually have a plan to follow through on his promises and his legislation hurts more stuff than it helps. His enhancing school safety platform is actually laughable. I think we all know the main threat of violence facing schools is guns, or maybe just the intellectuals do. <laughs> Kemp's safety plan is all about gangs and keeping the gangs out of our school and training teachers how to handle the gangs. Yeah, cause they're, they're the ones plaguing our schools right now. His solution is to offer intruder alert drills for teachers and staff once during the months of August and September that are optional to attend. So how do we deal with gun violence in schools? The answer is so simple, friends. I can't even believe we didn't think about this before. Let's just offer optional intruder alert drills so maybe teachers will know what to do when faced with a deadly, horrifying situation that is completely preventable in the first place. But why would we prevent something when we could just do optional preparation for it, right? Oh, he's such a fucking dumbass. Not only that, but Kent signed two pieces of legislation into law during his position of governor that don't really help his anti-violence uh, in school platforms. SB 319 reduces weapons restriction in certain public places. So 
That's cute. There's less restrictions on where you can conceal a weapon in public now because of him. Thanks, buddy. And HB 218 requires the state to recognize carry permits from other states. <sighs> As someone who literally had to miss a day of school for a shooter day because a woman came into Denver and bought a gun from Denver, even though she was from another state, this is not a good idea. HB 218 is not a good idea, okay? It's, I, he is so fucking stupid. In his accomplishment section, on Kemp's campaign website, he proudly states in his record of being governor that Georgia values all life. Brian is very proud of his achievement of signing the historic heartbeat bill to protect the unborn. Okay, Brian, you value fetuses' lives, we get it. However, Brian Kemp is actually a pretty hot name in the news right now, or when I wrote this research, but you can look it up. This, this is what's happening right now. Because of his continuing support for Herschel Walker, the Republican candidate in Georgia's Senate race, Walker is in some hot boiling water right now because he is facing allegations claiming he paid for an ex-girlfriend to have an abortion in 2009. Like I said, despite this, Kemp is still endorsing Walker. So Brian, 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 let me ask you this. If you are so disgusted by abortion and like you can't even fathom why someone would do that, why are you still supporting a man who paid for his girlfriend to get an abortion? Hmm? Um, hmm? My friends, this is solid proof that they don't actually give a fuck about the unborn fetuses. Their main goal here is controlling women and keeping the patriarchy and capitalism strong. Brian Kemp and his stupidity is something we need to avoid putting into office. Last thing I wanted to mention before I wrap this up, because I always want to emphasize the importance of the environment, I found another super interesting bill Kemp signed, bill number HB 150, which prohibits state and local governments from restricting use of fossil fuels. Super cute, Kemp. So you obviously don't have to worry about the insane gas prices right now or the fact that the planet is literally dying. Y'all, renewable energy is a must in order to create a thriving economy and to ensure we have a future. Like, come on, this issue shouldn't be political. This is humanity. We're talking about the future, our future, the future of all these fetuses he's forcing to be born. He obviously doesn't give a fuck about them. Not to mention the economic benefits America could have by being the world leader in renewable energy. We wouldn't have to rely on crazy people like Putin. We create hundreds of thousands of new jobs and investments and we could create a cleaner, happier planet, thus saving ourselves from the literal biblical apocalyptic ending. My friends, I really hope you see this isn't a party issue. Regressive Republicans are ruining the true values of the Republicans. They literally only care about the privileged few. They don't give a fuck if we or the world survives as long as they get to keep their money and their powers so they can feel, oh, so special and so special and they're such a big deal. We need people in office like Stacey Abrams who actually care about all people of Georgia and the future of this country. If you live or can vote in Georgia, please, please, please take this election seriously. Please get out and vote to make sure you can keep voting and we can keep fighting for overall equality, true democracy, and a better, healthier planet and environment for us all to live in. Let's not let fuckers like Kemp and his dumbasses win. Let's not let them win. 
My generation especially, if you think it's cool not to vote or you treat your ballot as a joke, come on bros. Like, that is the most insane, stupidest, privileged thing you could ever do. Even if you don't think it, this election does affect you. This election is a major deciding point for America's contribution to renewable energy. And do you live on planet Earth? Are you literally paying attention to the news? The Earth is angry and pleading for us to listen and do something. Even if you think your vote doesn't matter, it does. It so, so, so does. Remember, Stacey Abrams only lost by 50,000 votes. Some candidates only win or lose by 10 votes, no joke. Voting matters and it's your duty as a global citizen. Please, please be smart and really take this seriously. This might be our last chance because if progressives win, voting restrictions are only going to get worse and you don't wanna be in a position where you want to vote but can't anymore. Don't let that happen, vote now it's worth it. Vote for the planet, vote for the LGBTQIA community, vote for the black community, the Arab and Muslim community, the Latino community, vote for most of the American men who are struggling with their mental health and eternal peace and acceptance because of toxic masculinity. Vote for the women in America and the women in the world fighting for our right to choose. This is who I'm voting for. All of these people are who I'm voting for. I'm voting for humanity, not for the rich, privileged, cisgendered male. Don't be arrogant. Don't be ignorant and think you're above voting because you're not. If you can vote easily, you're privileged as fuck. Please don't be stupid, my friends. Really think about this in the long run. Which is the better option? Hint, Stacey Abrams is because I'm pretty sure she's a literal angel who's come down to save us all. But like, I have reason to think that. Like, look at their two plans. Stacey Abrams actually has plans for Georgia and for all Georgians to have a quality, to have a good life. Like, Brian Kemp, all his plans are tentative to the Republican majority General Assembly who have in the past not voted to fund and protect the people of Georgia. So please, you guys, please, this isn't a party issue anymore. It's not a bad thing to not vote if you want to vote regressive. I'd rather you not vote than vote for Brian Kemp. But if you are fucking Democrat and claim to be an ally, you better get your ass up and vote for Stacey Abrams because she's a god and it's her time. I can feel it. We just need to make it so. So I'm gonna go because my laundry's been done for like 20 minutes. I'm hot as balls. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, please uh, keep up with me on social media at devin.riddle or at an enlightened podcast where I will be posting more about the midterms. I will also be trying to do some more videos on TikTok about the midterms because I think that's a good way to get this message out there. And yeah, if you have any questions, any whatsoever, if you live in Georgia, if you don't, whatever you want to ask me, if you want to talk about politics, literally whatever, shoot me an email at unenlightenedcommunity at gmail.com or you can shoot me at a DM at unenlightenedpodcast on Instagram. I'm here to help, so please, I'm I'm here. You need help? I'm I'm I got you girls and men. I got you friends. <laughs> 
Yeah, no website. And, you know, I'm going to be trying to get as many episodes as I can out. Uh, but man, I got a lot to do. I have a nine hour flight coming up, so I'm hoping to get a lot done then. And hopefully I can get this episode out on Tuesday. We'll see if I have enough time to edit because I still need to pack and do laundry and yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to hit the hay, not hit the hay. I'm going to hit it so I can go get my shit done. And I'm really happy I got this done. And thank you for listening. And we're almost done with the midterms, y'all. Like I promise this isn't going to be boring forever. (laughs) I hope you found it interesting because I definitely did. Do not vote for Brian Kemp. He's a fucking moron. Vote Stacey Abrams because she's a literal goddess. I love her. Stay safe, my friends. Keep spreading your light and vote. Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Get your vote in by then or on that date. And I'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye.